as we start the new year, you know, we're often hearing about and, you know, everybody's New Year's resolutions. And really what that's about is, uh, you know, us understanding that we need to make some changes in our lives and uh, deciding that we're going to make some, right? That's kind of what the New Year's resolution stuff's all about. And I saw kind of a cartoon uh, image this week that kind of reminded me a little bit about how hard it is for us to actually change. It was a picture of two ladies sitting at a table and the one lady says, you know, well, my New Year's resolution is to stop putting my foot in my mouth so much. I guess yours is to lose weight, right? You know, in other words, she's consciously thinking about, I need to get better at this, but it's just real hard for us to change, you know? Uh, I, uh, I think we all know that there's some things we could do better. Uh, there's some areas where we could strengthen ourselves. Um, but so much of that is about our attitude, um, basically our understanding of who God is and how we relate to Him, uh, our attitude towards the work we're given, our basic attitude towards His will versus our will, uh, those are all kind of easy things to say, but very, very difficult to do sometimes. Um, and it's got to start on the inside. I think all the verses this morning are going to be on the board, and I don't think any of them are real small, so you can probably go along with me this morning. A lot of reading. <clears throat> it's based in Joshua 1. Um, we're going to read uh, verses uh, 6 through 9. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do nothing to do according to the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate it on, it on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. There's a lot tied up in that message. There's a lot uh, bundled in these few verses. Um, for the people of Israel, um, the promised land was a physical land. And this is them getting ready to go in it. And we know the story. We've been studying these things a good bit of late. Um, you know, for us, the promised land is heaven. But when we look at the nation of Israel, you know, we've been studying through, um, you know, we can think about, you know, what percentage of God's people actually maintained possession of the land? They lost it. I mean, I, I think this would be a good once saved, always saved lesson to talk about, you know, here's the people of God and how many of them actually prospered in that way? How many of them wound up with 
the promised land as an inheritance, right? Um, so, you know, we all want to be better. We want to be successful in the things that we do. Um, the kind of, I'm going to break this thing down in just basic points. You know, this idea of being strong and courageous. You know, I think a lot of folks are uh, amazed when they find that basically, uh, you know, cowards or the fearful are on the list of folks that don't make heaven. To know God's Word, to meditate on it, and to carefully do all that's in it. And this morning's lesson is just a breakdown of these things, you know, support of these points. These are the basic things we want to think about. So, this idea of being strong and courageous, um, one thing that helps us think about that is to do that with armor. Uh, Ephesians 6.11, put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. So what's that look like? Romans 13.12, the night is almost gone and the day is near. Therefore, let us lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. There again, does that look like a verse that's telling us to change? Just to simply change? That's a change of mind, isn't it? I've decided to do that, right? Second Corinthians 6, 7, In the word of truth, in the power of God, by the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and the left. This verse kind of um, weapons of righteousness in the right hand and the left. Basically, both hands loaded, right? Um, to me, this verse, and I, I guess everybody has a different, a uh, little bit of way some of this stuff might hit them, but when I think of somebody armed with the right hand and the left, uh, when you're watching the movies and the guy's got guns in both hands, does he mean business? I mean, he's all on the offense, right? He's making it happen. He's going after it, right? Uh, that would indicate a couple things. One, probably some skill, right? Probably some ability. Able, able to wield a weapon in both hands would indicate something, right? But just that wide open uh, go at God's word, at God's will, at the work that he's got to do in his kingdom. I, as I think about this lesson and this idea of change, you know, I remember I didn't grow up uh, in the church. Um, I remember as a young Christian, uh, went and spent some time with a guy who, you know, you just meet just a few, unfortunately, of these folks that, remind you of this verse or remind me of this verse in your lifetime. And I remember as a young man, we were sitting in a Hardee's, me and this guy, and it's full. Of, it's early in the morning. We're in there getting biscuits, and he's, um, you know, he's this little guy that talks kind of funny. And, uh, you know, it's full of loggers and 
diesel mechanics and you know it's, it's, it's just a bunch of rough men in there and I, we're making small talk in the line and I said I liked fish at the time I did a lot of fishing I said something about fishing and he said real loud I fish for men you know and I'm like well that made me a little uncomfortable and I thought about that later you know I was like um, you know here's this guy that reminds me of this right here and and yet it made me uncomfortable and Carrie and I were talking the other day about how much of the church today as we know it, it's like we've made, and I may not say this exactly right, but what I got out of what a comment was, it's like we made a God of comfort. You know? Uh, well, boy, wouldn't want to say that. Make somebody uncomfortable. Or, you know, uh, boy, there's some of this stuff we're kind of asked to do that makes us a little uncomfortable and we kind of want to, I don't know, keep that on the down low a little bit, you know. And I, I aspire to be that guy, right? But, uh, you know, I don't know that I've done that. Uh, change is difficult. You know, we, we know what we are supposed to be we see what we're supposed to be. He tells us what we're supposed to be. And yet, uh, even if we want to be that, that change is hard to make. But since we are of the day, let us be sober, sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. Um, and some of these verses uh, talking about the protection and the weapons, uh, the armor in general, uh, are some of the things I want to follow through with right here. Um, this idea of this change we're needing to make or uh, this call to be strong and courageous, um, you know, when you think about who the enemy is, what the fight is that we're called to do, who we're fighting, uh, it can be a little scary. So he gives us some assurances all throughout the scriptures that as we do that, he gives us that armor, we're equipped with that armor, we've got that sword, we've got this battle to fight, we've got this work to do, but we don't want to lose sight of who we're working for and what he's able to do. For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth that He may strongly support those whose heart is completely His. You have acted foolishly in this. Indeed, from now on you will surely have wars. But, you know, it hadn't been that long since we read this verse in our classes. And when it says that his eyes are moving to and fro throughout the earth so that he can strongly support those whose heart is completely his. The one whose heart is completely his, is that the guy who's got a, we a weapon in both hands, the right hand and the left hand? Is that the go-getter guy? Is that who he's supporting and protecting? This seems to be what it says. You know, so if we're going through life and... Um, we're not feeling that protection or whatever. Um, maybe uh, it's not his end that's falling down. That's just something to think about. 
The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and rescues them. There's a lot of comfort in some of these verses. Psalm 91.4 He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and bulwark. Psalm 125.2 As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forever. Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, I pray, open, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he saw and behold the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And we've also just hadn't been that long since we've we've read this and gone through it. It's one of my favorite stories. I you know this um idea of this um unseen world around us um you know you see Balaam's eyes open you know such that he sees the angel um, you, you see these different events where uh, folks are made to see uh, some of what's unseen around us. And I don't know, those things should give us some assurances. You know, this idea that there's this unseen to us uh, bit of protection around us that God... Um, is there. Daniel 6.22 My God sent His angel and shut the lion's mouths and they have not harmed me inasmuch as I was found innocent before Him and also toward you, O King, I have committed no crime. You know, we read a moment ago that, that those that strongly uh, support Him or strongly pursue Him are the ones that He protects here uh, here's Daniel making an acknowledgement that you know this angel came and provided this protection for him because he was innocent before God. This idea of assurance of victory. You know, we've got the armor. We're equipped with that. We've got the protection. He's got us covered there. But he also gives us an assurance of victory as we do this. This idea of being strong and courageous is great, but when you know you already know you're going to win, it's just that much better, right? That much easier to make the change. John 16:33. These things I have spoken to you, so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. First Corinthians 15:24 and 23:26. Then comes the end when he hands over the kingdom uh, to the God and Father which he, has which he has abolished all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy that will be abolished is death. When you read those verses, you realize that there's nothing that, he, that he's not taken care of. Revelations 3.21 He who overcomes, I will grant him to sit down with me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat down with my Father on his throne. Revelation 17.14 These will wage war against the Lamb, and the Lamb will overcome them, because he is the Lord of lords and King of kings, and those who 
are with him are the called and chosen and faithful. Here in Romans 8, who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Just as it is written, for your sake we are being put to death all day long. We were considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But in all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now if you can really say that, for I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us, me, from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. If you can say that, how much easier is it to be courageous, to be strong? If you're convinced of those things, right? <clears throat> Matter of fact, it seems that there's nothing that would be on that list. Nothing bad left, really. All right. So this next part, this idea of knowing God's word. Why? It's commanded. It's wise. It's part of the formula. Buy truth and do not sell it. Get wisdom and instruction and understanding. Until I come, give attention to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation and teaching. Be diligent present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness and humility, receive the word implanted which is able to save your souls. But prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves but one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it. Not having become a forgetful here, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. And when I read this, I kind of think, you know, well, what, you know, what's an image? What would this look like in our lives? Because I think we all know folks that can quote God's scriptures who have a lot of information about what the Bible says. And they just don't do it, right? Just don't apply it. I kind of thought about, well, what would what would be something similar that we could relate to? What would that look like for us? And I, I got to think, well, you know, if I left a list, if I wrote down, I got my yellow pad out, I love my yellow pads, if I left a big old list, and I, here's all the things I want y'all to do, talking to my kids, when I get home, I want this done, right? Here's the list, got it made out. This is what I want you to do. I come home, and the kids, whoa, I'm so excited. I memorized the list. And me and my siblings have debated the list all this time. We can quote it front and back. We know it just perfect. What do you think about that, Dave? Well, I go out and look, I'm like, 
Well, the bushes aren't real. I mean, you know, when I get over the shock of that, you know what's going to happen? I'm going to wear the back pockets off their pants. That's what's going to happen, right? Do y'all realize how silly that is, what we do? Man, I, I, can, I know all this stuff. I got this, right? But you don't do it. You're not an effectual doer. That's scary, y'all. But prove yourselves doers of the work. And that's really kind of where we fall down, isn't it? But y'all think about that. I can tell you my kids would know what would happen. I would get over the shock of the fact that they memorized that thing and didn't do it. And it'd be on right there. And for us to think that, you know, uh, just knowing it is that we're good. Um, I don't know who, I guess the devil's the chief of that lie right there because <clears throat> we see a lot of that. So God's word is beneficial. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked nor stand in the path of sinners nor sit in the seat of scoffers but his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither and in whatever he does he prospers. Now we see verses like this and we think about the illustration that was just made, you know, in his law he meditates day and night. Right. While he's working. Y'all get that part? You know, there's, there's work to be done. Um, contemplate it, think about it, and do it. And in whatever he does, he prospers. John 8, 31. So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. And you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And he talked to somebody who's come out of error or, or been converted from a lie, if you want to put it that way. Um, this is an easy thing to embrace. But what I've noticed, you know, if you, if you kind of grow up with it, you're used to it, you take it for granted a little bit sometimes. And it's, a, it's, it's something to be careful for, it's something to watch for. You don't want to take uh, a love of the truth um, for granted. Colossians 1, 9 uh, and 10. For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with knowledge of His will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please Him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. God's Word also has purpose. For as the, as the rain and the snow came down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth and making it bare and sprout and furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so will my word be which, go, 
be which goes forth from my mouth, it will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. <clears throat> for everything created by God is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with gratitude. For it is sanctified by means of the word of God and prayer and pointing out these things to the brethren, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, constantly nourishing on the words of the faith and of, and of sound, the sound doctrine which you have been following. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. This idea, the last point, this idea of carefully do all. Um, it was kind of in the middle of that reading there. Joshua 1.7 kind of reminds me of this verse in Revelation 20, 22.18. I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues which are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of this book of this prophecy, God will take away his part from the tree of life, from the holy city, which are written in this book. When I think about this idea of carefully do all, um, you know, if you work at McDonald's, you rec represent McDonald's when you're at work, right? And when you work at UPS, you represent UPS when you're at work. And they, and they take that stuff seriously, right? Whatever it is that you're doing, you're supposed to do by the rules that they set. And to carefully do those things like, y'all may find this fascinating, but uh, I write, I scratch out my stuff on the yellow pad and then I send it to someone and they type it up, you know, because I'm, you know, that's the way I do it. And I should probably take responsibility and do it myself, but it drives me crazy when it's there, T-H-E-R-E, -E, when it should be the possessive form, right? Uh, that, so I want them to, to pay attention, right? And I don't want the stuff that I put out to not communicate properly the message that I wanted communicated. And you, of course, I think, is that too much to ask? <laughs> you know, be careful. I want my stuff right, right? Uh, I'm working with somebody, we're doing contracts or we're doing whatever we want, we're, we're doing it as part of our job. I, I want it to be right. I want it to be a certain way. Is that, is that crazy? Okay, so we see how this stuff works, right? <clears throat> this idea of, of being careful with his word, being careful with his word. Uh, Precise. Um, here's, here's the definitions. This idea of, of careful. To protect, attend, beware, be circumspect, take heed, keep, mark, look narrowly, preserve, regard, reserve, save, wait, watch. 
Alright? So how many examples do we have in Scripture of those who were careless with God's Word? And how does that work? How does that go? And that's a whole other separate lesson, right? The way to think about that, I think, is it likely that carelessness will lead to well done, good and faithful servant, enter thou into the joy of thy Lord? Remember me talking about the employee that's not careful with what we're saying to do? What, what's the end of the employee that doesn't carefully do what they're told to do? What's the, what's the end of that? You're looking for another job, aren't you? You're fired. That's, that's where it winds up. If you can't do that, you, well, you know, well, I was on time. You know, a few weeks of that, and you don't have to worry about being on time anymore, right? You send you up the road. Ye shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and His testimonies and His statutes which He hath commanded thee. You know, you can kind of go back when you look at that verse, kind of go back to that part where I left the list for the kids to do. <laughs> and they've got it memorized or whatever. And then they get in trouble. Oh, we were going to do it tomorrow. <laughs> you know? we, we were going to get to it, you know. You shall diligently keep the commandments. What does that mean? Um, you know, I kind of had this thing when, you know, I didn't have to say when we're going to do this or that, right? Uh, need you to do this. Why? If I didn't say tomorrow, when does that mean? That means get up and get started. And that's what diligently is, right? <clears throat> the Lord has today declared you to be His people, a treasured possession, as He promised you that you should keep all His commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. Um, you know, there, there's lots of different ways, I think, to maybe think about that. I, I probably should have looked up some other translations of that but and his commandments are not burdensome you know you can kind of look through there and go well yeah they are I mean you can look at some of that stuff and say that couldn't you but what does it say about your attitude if you don't think about it that way it's right isn't it you got the right attitude towards it right but, like I say, you're, you're, uh, this idea of a New Year's resolution, this idea of changing our mind or changing our hearts towards Him, you know, it's, it sounds easy. We can talk about what these things mean, right? And we can acknowledge and kind of know what they mean and know what we should do, but then making those changes in our lives, that's, that ain't easy. <clears throat> So this is just a reminder, kind of a remember how it works. Joshua 1.7 reminds us that the old law came from God and Moses uh, was his chosen vessel to deliver that law. Um, 
we know that uh, Jesus came to establish the new law and that he uh, delegated uh, that authority uh, to his apostles. And as we look at that New Testament, what do we got? Got our instructions, right? <clears throat> Ephesians 1.20, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and all authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church. And where are we? If we've been baptized, we've been placed in his church. We've been added to it by God, right? And so we're subject to Christ. We're subject to the instructions that we've received. Those have been delegated to us. So this is just kind of a reminder. Be strong and courageous. Know God's Word and meditate on it. And carefully do all that's in it. And I hope this has been an encouragement to you. I, I just kind of a, uh, a New Year's le uh, lesson, I guess, and its main message for us, I guess, is that we would change, that we would become those things that uh, we know that we're supposed to become. And change is difficult. It takes courage to make those changes in our lives. And um, we know what they are. We know what it is we need to be doing different. Uh, we've thought about it. Uh, but hopefully this will be the time we'll do it, right? Make those changes. Um, this hadn't necessarily been a, a lesson that talks about what it is that we need to do to be saved. But, um, you know, we know what the invitation of the Lord is. Uh, what I would do is encourage you, if you find yourself subject to that invitation, to come forward while we stand and sing the song that's been selected, 287.